Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2 episode 134 of this podcast. We are continuing with our our Come Follow Me study which is covering May the 11th to May the 17th, Mosiah chapters 18 to 24. We have entered into a covenant with him. Uh, and we're covering the section today, which is in found in Mosiah chapter 18, verses 17 to 30. God's people should be united. So we have considered the important role that baptism had with these people, why it was such uh, a pivotal moment in their lives, and what covenants they made with God. And now we will look to see how they lived and how they were united uh, in the um, covenants which they had made. Uh, I would first of all recommend that you do listen to Elder Henry B. Iring, President Henry B. Arian's talk, Our Hearts It Is One, as there are a lot of great things in there. But I'm going to focus on the actual verses today and uh, what principles we learn about what a group that are trying to live as one under Christ um, have as part of their characteristics. First of all, in Mosiah 18, verse 18, we learn that they had authority from God uh, to receive these ordinances and to be taught the gospel in the manner in which they were. It says, and it came to pass that Alma, having authority from God, ordained priests, even one priest to every 50 of their member, number did he ordain to preach unto them and to teach them concerning the things which pertain, pertain, pertaining to the kingdom of God. We actually learn at the end of this chapter that there was 450 souls uh, which of course means that there was nine priests uh, ordained. Let's presume that Alma was one of them. So there are eight others, which we do not know that they're, they're, they're not named. Um, but um, you know, we we know that there was these individuals that were ordained to preach the word. Uh, Michael D. Rhodes uh, explained, "Quote: Before the coming of Christ, the Nephites did not have the Aaronic priesthood. Therefore, it should not be confused with the office of priest as found in the church today." References to priests before Christ's coming are to high priests holding the Melchizedek priesthood. Because there were no Aaronic priests, they did not need to distinguish between the two different kinds of priests. Close quote. And we are reminded of this later on in Alma when we learn about high priests and what their role is and so on. But that just does cover something which critics would argue uh, as there were no descendants of Levi, therefore the Aaronic priesthood wasn't brought with Lehi and his family through the wilderness. So it's just something to be aware of there. So the priesthood authority was was there. We then move through uh, and we see that they also were to have no contention. Contention is a, is a important uh, thing that needs to be removed if, if a group is to be unified. And instead of contention, they need to have a connection. Uh, and this is what we read in verse 21. It says, and he commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity and in love for one towards another. What are we doing today to build our connection with those that we have entered into a covenant with to follow Christ and take upon us his name? Um, in, a, in a talk given in October 1992 called The, the Love of Christ, C. Max Caldwell said this, quote, Charity is not just a precept or a principle, nor is it just a word to describe actions or attitudes. Rather, it is an internal condition that must be developed and experienced in order to be understood. We are possessors of charity when it is a part of our nature. People who have charity have a love for the Saviour, have received of his love, and love others as he, do he does, close quote. So this charity is... An important skill which we need to develop. We need to ask for it through in prayer, as we learn in Moroni chapter 7. It isn't something that will just appear, 
but it is a gift from our Heavenly Father as we continue to seek for it, to pray for it, and to try and act in it. So charity must be present to help our unity be built as a people of God. Also, um, in verse 23, we learn that the Sabbath day was an important aspect of their unity. It says, And he commanded them that they should observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, and also every day they should give thanks to the Lord their God. So clearly an important principle of God's people is the Sabbath day observance, uh, because as they do this, then they, I guess, reflect more on their lives. They recognize the important things in life more uh, and that, you know, they are able to connect more as a people. It's all about this connection. Mark E. Peterson, in a talk called The Sabbath Day in April 1975, said this, quote, We can readily see that observance of the Sabbath is an indication of the depth of our conversion. Our observance or non-observance of the Sabbath is an unerring measure of our attitude toward the Lord personally and toward his suffering in Gethsemane, his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. It is a sign of whether we are Christians in very deed or whether our conversion is so shallow that commemoration of his atoning sacrifice means little or nothing to us. Close quote. So here, these people, they lived the Sabbath because they recognized the important role that their Savior had for them in their conversion. And as a people, they wanted to re commemorate, remember, and integrate that atoning sacrifice more into their lives. They understood the role between the atonement their covenants and their charity and love and unity toward one another. Uh, and so we should seek to find that as well. Uh, in verse 24, we learn about what the leaders um, had a role uh, within this people. It wasn't just to stand in front of them and teach them what they should and shouldn't do, but they had a much more important role. In verse 24, it says, And he also commanded them that the priest whom he, should, he had ordained should labour with their own hands for their support. Um, the priests had an important role to work among the people. They, they were not seen as above the people, but they were seen as servants, as those serving uh, the people that they loved. Um, Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett explained where this idea came from. Quote, this is the pattern which had been exemplified by King Benjamin and no doubt by previous spiritual leaders among the Nephites. It has ever been the practice for the great general generality of those called to labour in the Lord's vineyard to be required also to earn their daily bread by temporal labour. This, this, this necessary feature of mortality ought not to be viewed as a spiritual disadvantage. In fact, many of life's greatest spiritual lessons derive from life's challenges and vicissitudes. Spiritual labour is its own reward, a labour not motivated by the idea of temporal remuneration. Close quote. So the, the aspect of working for your own living and your own sustenance is something which is important in life and shouldn't be avoided by people. In fact, all are required to do so, even those that spiritually lead us. In Mosiah chapter 18, verses 27 to 28, we learn about how they also shared in their sustenance and their substance. Uh, in verse 28, it says, And thus they should impart of their substance of their own free will and good desires towards God. And to those priests that stood in need, yea, to every needy naked soul. So they were to support each other, support anyone who needed that um, support and temporal need um, that they themselves may not have had. Uh, and that is something which we are encouraged to do as a people, to be more unified, to, to live these welfare principles and to give where we can, but not more than we have. Finally, in verse 29, it says, 
And this he said unto them, Having been commanded of God, that the, and they did walk uprightly before God, imparting to one another both temporally and spiritually according to their wants, needs, and their wants. We have the church as a great blessing. We receive the ordinances of salvation through the authority of the priesthood that comes through that church. Um, but each individual needs to play their role to help us be unified as a people. The church will always be there. The church will always be able to stand because it has the members, it has it has all the individuals there that it needs. But for us as an individual, we need to play our part because then we will, we will, we will be more edified. Uh, I liken this to a testimony meeting. We know that in a testimony meeting, the spirit can be abundant to those that are ready to receive it. And that will always be the case. For us personally, are we prepared to receive that spirit? Are we prepared to feel and enjoy uh, that spirit that is felt there? Or are we not? That is our own choice. But the church will always continue with that, that role. It provides that function, that facility. Uh, and those that when they testify of the Savior uh, from their heart in the testimony meeting, they provide more of that spirit and they make it more abundant for those um, that are able to take part in it. Elder D. Todd Christopherson uh, says this, quote, There is a second major reason the Savior works through a church, his church, and that is to achieve needful things that cannot be accomplished by individuals or smaller groups. One clear example is dealing with poverty. It is true that as individuals and families, we look after the physical needs of others, imparting to one another both temporally and spiritually according to their needs and their wants. But together in the church, the ability to care for the poor and needy is multiplied to meet the broader need. And hoped-for self-reliance is made a reality for very many. Further, the church, its relief societies, and its priesthood quorums have the capacity to provide help relief to many people in many places affected by natural disasters, war, and persecution. Without the capabilities of his church in place, the Savior's commission to take the gospel to all the world could not be realized. There would not be the apostolic keys, the structure, the financial means, and and the devotion and sacrifice of thousands upon thousands of missionaries needed to carry out the work. Remember, this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and and then shall the end come. Close quote. Powerful words about the need for a church to unite the people. And at a time where we are not meeting as a church because of the external circumstances of COVID-19, uh, it is important that we do remember that whilst we are able to function at this time at a at a home, well, I say a home-centered church, I mean, it is home church, literally, um, there is still an important need to have the church in our lives, not so that we can personally be spiritually connected, because as we are seeing, it is possible in our homes, as long as we have the priest's authority to administer the sacraments in our homes, that this is a, a possibility. But there is wider and greater needs for the mission of the Saviour to be fulfilled in the earth today through his church. And we are all a great part of that. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. Please share your thoughts. Um, you can email session at gmail.com. And of course, there's the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again.